is the 77 WABC minicast. Uh, in the studio with us, we have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, a great dom- Democrat and a great Republican. We have Vito Fasella, the borough president of Staten Island, and you have some news for us uh, later on. And we have two special guests from the New York State uh, Business Council. We have Howard Becker and we have Paul Zuber. And um, you, you guys are going to tell us what the heck is going on in Albany. In, uh, and there's so many things that uh, are coming up and they're trying to change our lives, uh, Paul. Yeah, yeah, they, they are trying to change our lives. And, and, and I think the, the problem um, that we have right now is <clears throat> we're talking about affordability in New York. So we're seeing an out-migration. What affordability? <laughs> exactly. What affordability? And, and what I found funny was there were a couple of studies that came out. One was from a left-leaning group that argued, well, people are leaving New York, but the millionaires are coming back. And then the other one is, you know, everybody's just leaving. But what difference does it make? Everybody's leaving. And the reason they're leaving is because New York is not affordable. Um, we did a study at the Business Council, um, and we looked at the financial services industry. And I think – what people have to understand about the five financial services industry, it cr- accounts to $327 billion in gross domestic product in New York State. When you look at it, the financial industry in New York State over the last several years has grown by 0.2%. In nationally, over 4%. In states like North Carolina, Florida, Tennessee, it's grown by double digits. So not only are we losing people because of the affordability, but we're losing an industry that creates a lot of tax revenue for New York State. And what our elected officials don't understand is when those people leave, all the things that you want to do for low-income individuals get blown apart because then you don't have the money to do it. It's, it's, it's almost it's, – it's incredibly nonsensical. And it's scary to think that no one is thinking beyond, well, we got to tax millionaires and we got to tax this person. We got to tax that person. Well, people. And, to- and, and some of the taxes, they tax you on top of your taxes. Yeah. They, you know, they, they, they tax the tax you're paying already. Well, they tax the tax you're paying already. And then they, they, they put on burdens or the, the state government puts on burdens that continue to make it more unaffordable. So I don't know if you guys saw the paper. National Grid is asking for a $30 a month increase for its New York City customers. Okay. You know, if I, I, I were a taxpayer, I'd be like, oh, my God, why are you raising my – it's because we passed a climate law that requires these, these utilities to build transmission lines to the new power sources, to actually the prices of gas increases. So it's starting to affect the consumer. Yeah. Paul, it's affecting consumer. This all-electric homes is a lot of crap. I'm, I'm sorry to say it like that. You know, could you imagine uh, they want all your cooking to be all-electric? They want all your heating to be all-electric. They want your car to be electric. If, God forbid, the grid goes out or somebody presses a button and your all the electronic components go out, you're not going to be able to eat. You're not going to be able to, if it's two degrees out, you're going to suffer because it's going to be cold and you're not going to be able to fix it because your only, your only option is electricity. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not gas. It's not, uh, uh, it's not propane. It's not nothing. I mean, 
all electric is insane because you have no other options. And there's no infrastructure. The other thing, too, is that they came out the other day. There's not one single government charging station if you have an electric vehicle car. No, it hasn't been built. They allocated $7 billion for it, and they haven't been built. Yeah, what a waste of money. Yeah. What a money grab. I mean, it's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. So so there's a whole lot you can unpack with with all electric buildings. But, you know, I, I think the first I think the first thing is there is a, a group called the uh, New York Independent System Operators, and their sole focus is on the grid and making sure that, you know, we have energy, we have, you know, homes are heated. They've said that there is a serious concern with brownouts in New York City because we're building all these renewables, which is fine. Build renewables. We're we're supposed to have a good a good earth and and a good environment, but the transmission lines aren't connected. And oh, by the way, there's a chance for brownouts. And what's happening in New York State is because you know the weather changes and everything. There's more use of electricity in the wintertime than there was before. So I was talking to Vito just before we came on, and he made a great point. Like, what happens when your electricity goes and it's and it's 30 degrees outside? It's it's one thing when it goes and it's and it's ninety. I mean that that's a terrible. You have no situation. car. You yeah. can't cook. And you're going to be very cold, and you can't go up and down on the elevator. Yeah, other than that, it's great. Yeah, other than that, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 it gets. I mean, it's it's compounds. It gets worse. And let's talk about power, about solar cells and these windmills. Let me tell you something. It's infinitesimal amount of power, and. It's, and uh, the the wind the, the, the turbines the turbines are going to create a lot of damage to our ecological system in the oceans mm-hmm. and the whales and they're killing my whales. Well, well, here here's here's the thing that's frustrating about the the CLCPA. That's what they call it. It's the climate action. Um, bill. You know what I call it? BS. <laughs> All right, those are the initials I use. Well, but go well, ahead. Well, <laughs> guess how how much greenhouse gas emissions New York. Um, contributes to the world. Point zero four percent. We're less, but that's that's the point, right? right? So we're less than a half a percent. We're we're a little less than a half a percent in what we we contribute in greenhouse gas emissions. But it's not like we live in a dome. So so what are we doing here? We're doing all this stuff. We're increasing costs on on consumers. No one's going to China and saying. China, China. China is building one coal plant every every week. One coal plant every week, and and, and some of the politicians they they just came back of, from what do you call it? The, uh, the, the cop cop twenty eight. Twenty eight. They 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 want us to shut it all down. And China is building all those plants. I mean, what what the heck is going on? Yeah, and by the way, the hypocrisy too. I want to. This is funny too because Kamala Harris. I'll never forget the image. Mm-hmm. It's Thanksgiving, right? She's standing there uh, with her husband, and the picture she tweets out. She's standing in front of a gas stove. She's yeah. like the leader of all this stuff. You can't make it up. I mean, and then here's Carrie going to the COP twenty eight in his fancy schmancy jet. And how much do you think that's burning? You know? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely. And and that's the and that's. The problem is if you're wealthy, you know, can you survive some of these increases in costs? Yes. But everybody's forgetting about low-income people and everybody's forgetting about that man or woman who's making like $100,000 a year, maybe combined income. And if you increase their their utility bills by $1,000 a month, you're talking about, 
you know, them, them not being able to survive. You're talking about why they're thinking about leaving. You know, ch- child care in New York State costs $23,000 per child, according to a governor's task force. So now you're paying $23,000 for a kid. Your, 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 your costs of energy are increasing. Everything's flying up. And you're wondering why, why people want to leave. And that's why they want to leave. It's not an affordable state. By the way, uh, another reason they may want to leave is the crime. And we also have with us in studio, studio, of course, the Staten Island Borough President, Vito Fasella. Crime in Staten Island is skyrocketing. Talk about that. Unfortunately, in the last two years, crime on Staten Island has increased by about 50% in the seven major crime categories. And to double down on what Paul and on you all have just been talking about, people don't, you know, people... People are loaded with common sense, and they see these things climb up, uh, cost of living going up, congestion pricing soon to be imposed, hopefully not. So you add up all these things, and people say, what the heck am I doing around here? So you can't argue with them and convince them to try to stay because in large instinct, they, large measure, they have very valid reasons to take care of themselves and their family. What we have seen in the last few years, and nobody has beat the drum louder than all of you in this room, John and Reed and everybody else and the judge, is when you allow bad people to continue to do bad things, they're going to continue to do bad things. And their bad things are going to get worse and worse. So the seven major crime categories up more than 51% in the last two years is an utter disgrace. And everybody needs to rally up, send the troops in, send in the cavalry, and put the bad people behind bars so innocent people are, are feel safe. Now, coupled with the actual numbers, our local paper, The Advance, did a study about a 1,000 people. 89% feel less safe than they did two years ago. 90% of the people, roughly, feel less safe. That's the worst thing you can have is people afraid to walk down the street or take a subway. Yeah, well, we that's bad. Have, yeah. We used to have all the drugstores open to midnight. We used to have all the supermarkets open to midnight. And you can't walk around after dark now. Right. Uh, you're taking a chance on your life. And, and, and you know, the politicians, you know what they're saying to you? Uh, that, oh, arrests, uh, arrests are down. Of course they're down. The police officers don't want to arrest anybody. It, that's if there are police officers. Well, so we just had a story about yeah. 2,500 resigning. I mean, this is not, yeah. this is yeah. bad news. The, the, big, the big problem is they've created a climate of lawlessness. They haven't recognized they've done it. They haven't admitted it. They're passing more and more legislation that's pro-criminal, anti-law enforcement, anti-public safety, and they will not go back and change it back to common sense practices. Yeah. We know exactly what we have to do to keep the city safe. When Vito was in the city council, we knew exactly what we had to do to keep the and, city safe, and we've turned away from it. And Commissioner Sewell said on this show, right in this room, that if you got 3,300 uh, repeat criminals, repeat criminals, if you take them off the street, you know, at one point, under Rockefeller, used to be three strikes and you're out. Okay, well, let's modify it. Five strikes and you're out? Six strikes now and you're out? Now it's 50. And we but, bend over but, backwards but, to try to accommodate those yeah. 3,300. And if you got rid of the 3,300, because some people are never going to straighten out. If you got rid of the 3,300... Eight and a half million New Yorkers will have a better place to live. And the point is they know who they are, obviously. I mean, it's like blaring red signs, well, and they're not well, doing anything. Rita, to your point about knowing who they are, now the legislature has passed a law 
governor's gone along with it. The Clean Slate Act, you're not even going to know who they are. Yeah, they're sealing the records. That's right, right Judge. So, That's right. So, so much for knowing who you're dealing with. How sad is that? Now, in the middle of all this, uh, I have to ask you, Vita Fasella, too, because you're a UPenn guy. Uh, the UPenn president was grilled, skewered, sautéed, and broiled yesterday on Capitol Hill, along with some of these other uh, elite colleges, for not doing enough about these horrible anti-Semitic protests. Your thoughts? Well, yeah, I was a proud Penn. I was a Wharton undergrad, didn't graduate in 87. You know, we all been through college. We all see the crazy demonstrations. Some are half wacky, some are nuts, some are real and genuine, but that's their right. But I think what's happened now is they've taken it to a whole nother level. Uh, the revolutionaries of trying to destroy capitalism, colonialism. And in the midst of all that is this giant stride towards anti-Semitism that needs to stop. And the demonstration of those presidents of those universities just a few days ago on Capitol Hill was an utter disgrace that they couldn't condemn genocide of Jews. If you fill in the blank genocide of anything, they'd have the cops come knocking on the door and arresting them. The fact that they can't come out and be crystal clear that these universities, their campuses, will not condemn genocides of Jews is unacceptable in 2023. Something should happen. We we had a press conference in front of the Penn Club a, few, a couple of months ago saying that this is the re- inflection point to start pushing back against the nuts on campus. Vito, uh, Mark Hazard, is a very distinguished lawyer in New York, has brought a lawsuit on behalf of some of the Jewish students at Penn to go after them. Because, you know, you have a civil rights act uh, I think it's Article 4, that specifically provides you have to have a safe environment, and Penn is violating that, as is Harvard, as is MIT, they're, as is the university. They're under free speech, yeah. and it's not free speech. Yeah, it's it's just, the difference between free speech and hate they're speech. They're afraid. They, they don't. A lot of Jewish students are now. I, I had a conversation just a couple of days ago. People are afraid to put menorahs in their windows because yeah. they're petrified. Something may happen. Listen, we got a great education at Penn. It's a great institution. It's it's diluted from what it is. I My best friends in life are, are Penn grads. Half of them are Jewish. I, we still maintain relations. We love their families. The notion that they're actually condemning uh, the Jews on campus and defending Hamas, who killed, raped, and did everything possible to innocent people, to me, the, the, moral, the moral line has is, 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 is disappeared. Yeah, well, I agree. Paul, you wanted to say one more thing before winter break. No, no. I was just going to say um, when with some of the things that that Vito was talking about with crime and and some of the things that we were discussing, you know, that all folds into the problem that we're having in New York State. Right. So if I'm sitting there, all the things like for New York City, all the things that I can get in New York City, I can get in Atlanta now. I can get in Memphis, Tennessee. I can get in anywhere. And people are voting with their feet now. And politicians need to wake up. And learn. Is, is the number correct? Five hundred and forty thousand have moved out of New York City, New York yep, State, according, in the last the last two years, according well, to the well, census. Yes. Let me ask you this, because we were talking about this mm-hmm. before. What about this legislation that's on the governor's desk about non compete clauses? What's that all about? Well, they would they would ban non compete clauses in New York State. And explain what, what that is to our so, listeners. So, so the listeners. Um, in many instances, you may be required as an employee to sign an agreement with your employer that you will not go out and work in uh, a, for a competitor or the same industry as as they work. A lot now, of businesses are going to move out. A, a lot of businesses are going to move out. And, and, you know, this isn't an idle threat. I mean, we have business council members who have told us, look, I'm not, I'm not renewing my lease. I'm leaving. And we already have an outflowing of, of 
financial industry uh, in New York State. This is just going to push them further because if you're a stock trader, if you're a company like that, I mean, you're not going to let your employees walk. Jimmy, walk out of Jimmy Patron is the CFO of Florida, good friend of ours, mm-hmm. uh, was sitting in your seat last week, and he says 160 institutions have moved to Miami from New York area. Financial institutions. Financial, with a trillion dollars in in, in uh, equities or funds. Absolutely. We found that in our study. And the thing is, you don't need to trade to be in New York. I, I would I would I hazard to guess there's probably stock traders don't even know how to trade on the floor anymore. You trade by computer. So you don't need to be here. And so when we're pushing you out, they're gonna go out and they account to I think it's sixteen percent of New York State's gross domestic product. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the US, more than fifty percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.